What up, Oasis people? Hey. Wow. It feels like it's been a while since we've it sat does. in this room. It's been a while. It hasn't. It hasn't. It's been a while, but it does feels feel like, like it. it. Yeah. This is Ben's first time with new Mike. Yeah, I think yeah. I feel like it's been like three or four weeks since I've been here. Yeah. Welcome back. Thank you. This is good the Oasis good Podcast. Good We're to here to, to speak on all things Christian and young adult life. <laughs> That's good. That's true, though. 5% like, of everything. 5% of everything. <laughs> And today we're doing the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's go. That is a mouthful yeah. of a title. It's big. But before we get there, what is the best gift you have mm. ever given? You guys are both looking at me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you gotta go first. <laughs> so the first one that came to my mind, and it's kind of a joke, but I was born on my grandma's birthday. There you and go. And so the joke was always that like I was her best best birthday gift. So. That's good. You're welcome, Grandma. <laughs> she's, she's dead, but. Sorry. There you <laughs> go. Oh, she passed away several years ago. Kyle, can that we was cut that? <laughs> I, I like talked to her as if she would be listening, and then it, my brain was like, she's not listening. Well, she might be listening. I don't, right. I don't is, know. I'm spiraling. That- my apologies, everyone. <laughs> I got weird. Ben, Sorry. Save her. Save okay, her. Ben. Save her. <laughs> Listen. I like to joke. We just got Abby new. We got a new car, and I like to joke because it was around Abby's birthday that that's oh, the that gift was her I birthday. Get, gift? Which it wasn't. There you, there you go. Honestly, I think we just like. We scheduled a trip to Vegas last year mm. and oh, we were yeah. leaving, like, it was one of those things that turned into her birthday thing. So she got mm. to kind of pick where, where are we going to eat? What are we going to do? And then she got super sick on her birthday when we got out there. Um, but honestly, as, if I think about it, she, she says she's a quality time love language. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's changed. We've been married for 11 yeah. years. Yeah. And there's aspects and she goes through seasons of things that change. She doesn't need to see you as much yeah, anymore. She's like, she's so like, here's what she says now. She <laughs> redefines what quality time looks like and oh, means. Yeah, yeah. And so now it's like the best gift I can give her and, and do give her is to discern mm-hmm. if tonight is a, I'm going to lay in bed with Abby when she goes, because we, we put the kids down 7.30, 8 o'clock and then she goes right into bed. Yeah. And either she's scrolling Facebook, she's reading, she's just hanging out because she's tired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have to discern whether it's okay, is this a is this a I get to lay in bed with her and we're gonna talk and we do that, or is it a in quality time I'm sitting on the couch and leaving her alone because that's yeah. what she needs yeah. tonight. Those Smart. are the best gifts I that's can give. It's a good gift. Uh, I'm not the world's best gift giver. I don't know. I just am not that thoughtful usually. <laughs> so when I think of a good gift, I yeah. always write it down. That's a life hack. Write it down if you think yes, of a gift. I do because that. If you don't, mm-hmm. you're gonna forget it and yep. it's never coming back to you, unless. It just is like the Lord. the Lord, and he wants to bring it back yeah, to yeah. you. giving you that word. But my dad, the, for this last Christmas, I recognized that he was uh, a words of affirmation love language. And I didn't know that growing up, like mm. my whole life. I asked them, and he told me, and I was like, wow, that was really. And so right when I thought of that, I wrote down in my notes, and I was like, okay, one day I want to make something for him that would just show how much our family appreciates him. And so for this last Christmas, we organized where everyone wrote him a letter and mm just told him what they value about him and like why they love him and then I had it made into a book and gave it to him and there were tears all oh, over the place tears oh, all over course. the Schmidt household <laughs> but it was just it was just powerful you know it's something when you can meet someone where they feel really loved mm-hmm. in a gift that can be really really powerful yeah and the holy spirit loves to meet us listen <laughs> right where we are get it in his preach. gifting no. preach so there are three types of gifts Three categories, yeah. I guess, is the better way to say it. Three categories of gifts yeah. from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we're just going to do a quick summary before we dive into manifestation gifts, which is one of the three. So we'll mm-hmm. do that last. But so let's start with the other two. What are they? Where do they come well, from? Well, first, the Holy Spirit, he in him of himself yeah. is the greatest yeah, gift is. given yeah. to us. Good point. Which is where we mm-hmm. get these now giftings. Mm-hmm. 
which where they come on. Yeah, you can't want the gifts the more than the hundred percent. Who is God? Yeah. So yeah. We yep. want God. Okay. We want the Holy so, Spirit. Then we can. And that's Acts two thirty. Like you give your life to Jesus, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Literally mm-hmm. is what it says. So first one is these ministry giftings. Um, and I'm just gonna define this real quick if you're okay with that. No, yeah, I don't have go, to. But it's. Ahead. I see this as, you see them in Ephesians 4, it's the apostles, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and pastors. There's interpretations of, of what this means. It looks like it could be the offices of the church. But I see them as these five different giftings that God has given the church, that each one of us has one of these. These are one of, we have a base gifting in one of these areas that are used to build up and edify the body to bring into full maturity, yeah. Ephesians says. So those are ministry giftings. Yeah. Yeah. The, next, the one? next one, yeah, are motivational gifts. And they come from Romans 12. Um should I list them quick? Sure. Did yeah, you yeah, list yeah. Did you mm-hmm. list the ministry ones? Okay, sorry. Fact, I, I might have zoned out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I was thinking ahead, which is not good. Um, but some of those <clears throat> motivational gifts are prophecy, service, teaching, giving, ex- exhortation, administration, and mercy. Um, and so these are some of the things that kind of build up and motivate us in how we live and do life. Yeah. yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. And all. And the last one would be the manifestation gifts. It's found in 1 Corinthians 12 which are wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning spirits, speaking in tongues, and interpreting tongues. And that's where we're going to launch into the rest of this podcast. We're mm-hmm. going to chat about this last category. But a really important like caveat before we even get too far is every single one of these gifts that come from the Holy Spirit are meant for the same purpose. Mm-hmm. They're all meant to build up the church and to build God's kingdom. So with that in mind, let's talk about just the manifestation giftings and what would be like a, a definition there. Besides just listing them, like what yeah. what are those? What's yeah. the purpose? How do they show up? Those kind of things. Yeah, so I would say the manifestation gifts manifest within you because you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, Him yeah. Himself. So He Manif- is the giver. Manifest like show up. They That's manifest true. literally means to like be on display. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're supernatural demonstrations of the Holy Spirit's presence and power. Mm. I believe that it's in a moment where each one of us has the opportunity through the power of the Holy Spirit to in one specific moment have each of these gifts. And it for the glory of God his power being on display to build up the faith in the person I'm talking to, or even in a potential group of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would ask for an example, but hold on, we're going to get to those in a second and we'll be able to flush out that definition a little more. I hold not a different definition, but another little piece of it. Cause I would absolutely affirm everything Ben just said. Mm -hmm. And then I would add on this extra piece where it's like, when it comes to the manifestation giftings, there is something that I feel like God sometimes gives individual people certain giftings across just moments of time. Where it's like maybe as a person, you just got the Holy Spirit has gifted you with the gift of faith or you've just been gifted with the gift of like prophecy or or healing or speaking in tongues. And across your Christian life, as you do life with Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit, this is just a theme of what it looks like for you to build the kingdom is these. Mm -hmm. This is a part of who you are. So, yes, it can be in a moment, but it also just depending on the person can be across your entire yeah. Christian life. And we could probably yeah. go through every one of these giftings and give examples of both of those things. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. b- yeah. both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we'll do that a little bit. But one of the things that I find is really interesting about the manifestation gifts and are like the first three. Yeah. Like Paul, when he's writing this letter, is like, yeah, these are the manifestation gifts of the Spirit. And he lists wisdom, knowledge, and faith first. It's like, What? <laughs> How are those giftings? Like, what? How does that fit in with the the rest of the mm-hmm. list? Is like, whoa, these mm-hmm. are crazy. Like, these are huge moments where the Holy Spirit is showing up. And then he lists the first three. It's like, yeah, wisdom, knowledge, faith. <laughs> yeah. So, what is that? Why are those included, and mm-hmm. why would those be important? Yeah, I can go. Yeah, yeah I think. Well, it. and it's it's hard to think. How are these spiritual gifts for something we need to pursue? Hmm. Well, you can say the same yeah. thing about teaching and service that are the motiv- motivational gifts and evangelism being 
a ministry gift. It's there's just something that the Holy Spirit gives us that He gives us um, in moments or for a lifetime to be able to build up the kingdom and edify mm-hmm. the body. So even like with wisdom, we know looking at scripture through Proverbs, all this like wisdom's gave my life experience. Mm-hmm. It's the practical application of of truth and of knowledge. So that's why knowledge and wisdom are different. Mm-hmm. So with even with knowledge, knowledge is. Uh, just there's and, and maybe you know some of these people i think my wife is one of these people like knowledge acquires facts and can recite even god's truth hmm. like there's people who are just so stinking like they know <laughs> all of the bible they know yeah, all so of smart. the promises of god they know all of the truths yeah, like yeah. in a moment like they can have a conversation and just spit you like you're you're talking like i'm struggling with this well you know god's word says this which even in those moments, like, I don't know if I want to hear that, but you're right. Like, like okay, I get that, I receive yeah. that. So that's a gift of knowledge being, but then there's, I think, moments where they manifest. Like, if I'm talking to someone, I know this happened in my life. I think we could all have moments where we could look back as followers of Jesus. We could see this where I'm talking to someone and I'm not, like, my intellectual capacity isn't very high. It just isn't. And I'm okay with that. In some things it is. In other things it's not. Reading scripture is one of those things where it's not very high. But there's moments where I'm talking to someone. All of a sudden I get like, hey, this verse says this. They need to hear it. Yeah. Like, or because it re- relates to there. That to me is a manifestation of the gift of knowledge of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. showing his power, his presence in that moment. Yeah. And Jaina, I'll ask you this. Like yeah. when it comes to the faith one, hmm. faith is something just like wisdom and knowledge that we would think every believer has. Yeah. But how does that example, like how does that live out as a gift? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we should all have it and I'll be pursuing it. But I think for some people it, it comes a little bit more naturally hmm. um, when I think that that's a gift that they have that there's a deep, deep trust, a deep faith that not means that other people don't have faith. It's not a comparison game, yeah. but it's like God has given them an extra, yeah, I think, right. dose of that sometimes. So it's the people dose. that just have, I don't know, yeah, like, no, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, when he's like making all the people, he's giving them all this stuff, <laughs> put a little extra faith in that person. <laughs> yeah, maybe, seriously though. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, that they have an immense amount of trust and faith that just goes almost above and beyond. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Maybe like, it's you don't want to pe- say normal, oh, but like. But for them it is, yeah, right? It's like, yeah. it's these people who with, like, they know without a doubt, yeah. God is going to show up and he's going to move. And in Jesus name, what mm-hmm. I'm praying, what I'm saying, what I'm believing is going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And those people both frustrate me and encourage me mm-hmm. at the exact same moment. Yeah. I am Amen. not that person. <laughs> yes. I just am not. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. And, and yeah. even in these couple of examples, we've already started to flush out the two definitions we were talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because in, in wisdom or like for knowledge, it can be a moment where you're having a conversation and the Holy Spirit prompts you with something and you, you have you have the gift, the manifestation, the Spirit shows up and gives you something. Or like in when it comes to knowledge, there are people who just yeah. know more and like it just comes more naturally to them and they just will have more wisdom and knowledge and that can be the manifestation gift yeah. that for their whole life, it'll always kind of be like that. Yeah. So when it comes like the next thing I'll ask is there's this big list of the gifts, the manifestation gifts. And oftentimes I find people will struggle with what do I have and what don't I have? Mm-hmm. Or like, are they mutually exclusive? Is it possible to have them all? Like, can everybody do everything? Or is there only certain things in which God will give to certain people? What would we say to that? I, I would say they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Again, I think there's, I would love for each and every one of us just to almost go through these gifting, especially if you've been following Jesus for a while, even not for a while, and see like, how do you define it? What does that potentially look like? And see, like, I think that's happened at this moment in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I know there've been moments when I've, I won't talk about this one because we'll get to that. But I've had, uh, yeah, even with faith, where 
I know someone who has that gifting, but there's a moments where I really believed without a doubt something like was going to happen, but I don't walk around it. that. I think that could happen for every single one of them. And the overall purpose for this whole idea and for, for these giftings is to build up the kingdom, yeah. is to edify mm-hmm. the body. Ephesians 4 says to mature the church to, or to bring the church to full maturity, yeah. that we would be in the likeness of Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. And how would you go about like discerning which gifts you have done? Or like, how do you... <laughs> Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, he tells us at the end to eagerly desire the greater gifts. Like, keep keep pushing on for the gifts. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you go through that process? Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever done that? I don't know, so that like, I'm going to just like, put on so, like, so how have you guys, like, just even, mm-hmm. I know, like, there's the classic tests. Well, there's yeah. tests for all these out there. Yeah. Now, especially for the motivational giftings. Your motivational giftings are, like, kind of how you see the world. There's tests, like, there's easy tests for the ministry. And whether those are mm-hmm. right or wrong is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Or I shouldn't, I shouldn't say irrelevant. It is relevant, but not the, like, end all be yeah. all yeah. for so the manifestation I think so much of it is just inexperience wow I've seen God move and work and where does that align with what maybe is defined in some of these giftings yeah. hmm. what do you think have you I don't know if I've intentionally sat down and like thought about it yeah. in the grant like I think that if I looked back on my life I could identify places where God has gifted me with each of those or some of those I don't know if I've experienced all of them uh, but I don't know that I've ever sat down and been like I'm going to give a chunk of time to this yeah but, there was a period in my life <laughs> of my Christian life where I was like super obsessed with the yeah. manifestation gifts. And it was a period where I was trying to figure out what it meant to follow Jesus and all these different things. And I was really, really all, a lot of my influences were pushing me towards this. Some would say like hyper charismatic belief system where I, I really valued the Holy Spirit and probably more his gifts than I did him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I, in that place I sat and I, I prayed through these things, I was like, Oh, I would love all of these things because if you really, if you say it with the true heart, and you get these gifts, they should help you build the kingdom. So I don't know why people wouldn't want to speak in tongues. I don't know why you wouldn't want to be able to prophesy. I don't know why you wouldn't be want to want to heal. Like if this is something God can give us to further the kingdom, we should want all those. And that's where I think Paul finishes the prayer of like eagerly desire these things because you want to be building the kingdom in the most effective way possible. So yeah, I've sat and I've prayed Mm -hmm. for these things. And I I think that's, that's what it means to like, to desire them yeah. in some ways is to ask God for them. And I think that's mm-hmm. even the healthier approach, in, especially when it comes to manifestation giftings, is not having to maybe figure out, pick which one I have. Yeah. It's how am I praying for the glory of God, for his power to be mm-hmm. on display, that people would come to know Jesus, would be encouraged in their faith, would take one step closer, that the kingdom of God would be built. And I think just as you pray for those, allow like desire that God would be glorified first and foremost, that, mm-hmm. that Holy spirit would be active in those moments. So praying for it isn't bad. E- like eagerly desiring these things is not bad. I would, ooh, yeah, D- but be okay with not knowing, okay, I have this one. Cause yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm t- like right now, if, as I read these manifestation gifts, I can tell you, well, I think I have this one, hmm. but I could tell you stories and moments where, Hey, this has happened. Yeah. yeah. But I think there are people who like could say, no, I think I, this one, I like kind of, I just feel like this is where yeah. the Holy yeah. spirit mm-hmm. has just been on power in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about, so what about, about someone who's sitting and listening, and we're going to dive into the more specific each, each one of them after this. What about that person who's sitting there listening and is like, I don't think I've experienced probably a handful of these. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if I've ever had a word of prophecy mm-hmm. like that I could give. Like, I don't know if I've ever like had a moment where I was a part of a healing. I don't know if I've ever had a moment where I spoke in tongues, interpreted tongues. Like, yeah. what about for that person who's sitting there? It's like, oh man, man I want the yep. gifts, but I'm, I don't just, I just don't feel like I'm experiencing yeah. them. I mean, first I would say you're not less than. Yeah. Like, don't, don't think that just because 
one, you're not less than two, I would ask and want to figure out like, what is your expectation of what you think that gift manifests and looks like? Mm. Because you probably have had moments of prophecy and didn't know it. Because mm. prophecy simply is, yes, I'm speaking truth boldly, but it's listening to God and I'm hearing what he's saying in a moment. It's not from my own thoughts, but it's from God literally saying this piece of truth that I'm supposed to tell someone else. Yeah. And so I was like, that's probably happened to us even if we didn't realize it's been happening to us. Yeah. I think there's been moments when we have prayed or when we have been with people that wisdom or knowledge is happening and you just didn't know it was mm-hmm. wisdom and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you right now that I have never spoken in tongues. I've prayed yeah. to speak <laughs> in tongues. I have. I've eagerly desired that gift. Yeah. I've eagerly desired prophecy more because I interpret that maybe too literally. Uh, <laughs> but like, I've never done that. It doesn't make me a lesser Christian. It mm-hmm. doesn't make me someone who hasn't doesn't trust the Holy Spirit and doesn't trust God. Um, it's just something that hasn't happened in my life. I've seen it. I've seen mm-hmm. it be both abused and been incredible mm-hmm. in a lot of different situations and scenarios. But you're not less mm-hmm. than keep praying and don't have an expectation of what you think that gift looks like when it's yeah. manifest. Yeah. yeah. Since you started to go into the prophecy one, let's just jump there. Yeah. What is prophecy? I think you gave us a, a quick definition there. But if we were to like restate that, what is prophecy? Yeah. I mean, but Ben kind of said it, that prophecy is this discerning and hearing from God and then being able to speak boldly the truth that he's given you. Um, and so that can be in some of those big um, kind of declarations that we see throughout scripture of, you know, the Old Testament prophets yeah. and how God gives them a very specific word to go and to tell. Uh, but it also could be in the subtle moments of, I feel like God's leading this way or God wants to speak and move that way. I, I know that for myself, like I, I feel like God gives me prophecy sometimes in yeah. worship of like what to do and where to go. Yeah, and yeah. it's not like a, you need to, like, this is not a specific word, but it's like, Hey, you need to sing this again, or you need to pray this. Yeah. Um, but then even in that, like prophecy can have future implications. I mean, those stories in the Old Testament of the prophets, like the things that God gave them for that time and space and that people continue to be applicable mm. to us today. And so to recognize that, um, but ultimately the purpose of prophecy, um, we can look at 1 Corinthians fourteen three. It says, uh, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Um, and so that's the purpose is that the prophecy that we give builds up, strengthens, and encourages those who receive and hear it. Yeah. And when it comes to like an example, because I want I want to maybe yeah. flush out a couple yeah. of like what this could mm-hmm. look like. Yeah. There are good examples and bad examples yeah. of mm-hmm. people mis, mis, misusing the, the gift of prophecy. Mm-hmm. So let's start good. Let's start happy. Like yeah. what what do you feel like is an example you've seen or experienced yeah. where you had a word or something yeah. like well, that? Well, even with having, uh, before we get to having a word for someone, even the idea of boldly declaring, it's, it's, I'm declaring God's mind, God's yeah. truth. Yeah. Like that happens every, should happen every time we gather on Sunday morning where mm-hmm. the pastor is preaching and deco- mm-hmm. boldly declaring. We know God's truth because we have God's word. Mm-hmm. So like when mm-hmm. Brennan has challenged me in moments in my life, when Aaron on Sabbath challenged me in moments and said like, Hey, actually like, mm-hmm. how, like that's boldly declaring truth in a moment where I needed, and it brought encouragement because I yeah. needed to change. Like yep. that happens because we know God's truth. But then there's the idea of like, I have a word for for someone or mm-hmm. someone's had a word and given it to me. And I'll just give an, a, a, an example right off the bat. Um, a year before I came to, to Grace Point mm-hmm. to be the Oasis pastor, uh, we were doing a ministry, uh, a father-son ministry up at the church I was working at. And these guys came in and like, they just love Jesus. They've been traveling. It's this traveling ministry they do for fathers and sons. It's trying to encourage them, build a relationship with them, all that type of stuff. And we're sitting and having lunch the day of the event. 
And one of this guy who's leading this thing is just, we're talking and talking about life and test, sharing testimony. He's like, he's like, you know what? I'm going to share this with you. He's like, I feel like this word is for you. He's like, I see you. Like, I see you standing in front of hundreds of people sharing your story and testimony. And less than a year later, I was literally sharing my testimony at Oasis the first night I came. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, in that moment, it's like, oh yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I also like, that's not something yeah. I desire right now, but yeah. like could mm-hmm. see, yeah, maybe, sure, why not? And then all of a sudden, it's like a year like, oh, sweet. That's what he's talking about. He's yeah. trying to give me an encouragement like, hey, continue to press into what God has for you in this mm-hmm. moment. That's good. Um, yeah. I've also seen someone who said that they had a word from the Lord that gave to someone when they were pregnant because they were having twins and said, you're going to have two girls. And they both were boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because that'd be probably a, 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 a bad example. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. of where It's not like the worst. There's bad, bad examples. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and the, what we mean by bad would just be people speaking truth on behalf of God that probably isn't from that's God. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have to be careful when it comes to what it means to give someone a word or to speak over someone like a truth that we feel like God is leading yeah. us in. And there's this rule of thumb that Ben, ben has yeah. here. So yeah. why don't you talk us through that, what yeah. it looks like to filter good and bad when it comes well, to it. Filter and even this idea of how to start and even want to, like desire the gifts so pray for it. Yeah. But also start like you have to listen. Just mm-hmm. sit and listen. Like just what does it look like to learn to listen in those moments um, but then to recognize, okay, and then how do I discern it? Okay, is this God's, like, telling me this, God's thoughts, or is these are my own thoughts? Mm-hmm. And there's a rule of thumb that I kind of have walked through when, hey, should I share this with someone? I feel like this is a word for them. Um, it's the ABCs. Literally, is, is it affirming? Is it biblical? And is it Christ-like? Yeah. And even if it's not a word from the Lord, mm-hmm. if I discern and, like, go through these three things, okay, is it affirming? Is it encouragement, encouragement for their soul? Is it going to lift them up to want to continue either to pursue Jesus, just what they're doing, whatever that looks like? Is it biblical? Does it align with God's mm-hmm. truth? Which we ultimately know is like, okay, that's really important. And is it Christ-like? Does it have not just the characteristics of Christ, of, of how he would live, of how he would speak, of who how he would encourage, mm-hmm. but also does it lead them towards Christ likeness mm-hmm. and in those three things like man if I did, if I go through those things like yeah I think this word it does fit all those three and even if it's n- like and then it's just the boldly declaring like <laughs> I'm gonna go and say this because yeah. those three and if it wasn't a word from the Lord at that moment like specifically for him uh, I don't think that's a negative thing because what you just did is encourage someone in their faith that was a biblical truth that was Christ like and for yeah. and encouraging mm-hmm. to them yeah no that's good process Super it good. and be okay trying to be bold in it but make sure it's encouraging either mm-hmm. way you know, and if it's not, you better really make sure it's from the Lord <laughs> yeah, and yeah. process it. And with, oh, we could tell some stories of that, Yeah, but we don't have to go in that. Let's backtrack a little bit and go back to what the gift of healing is. Like, mm. what do we believe here? Because I feel like there is a, such a wide range in the Christian world of what it means for God to heal still. So does he still heal I today? I'm prophecy, so you got to take healing. <laughs> <laughs> I can take it. Yeah, yeah so... The question becomes, does God do miracle healing still? Mm. Yes. I, I absolutely firmly believe he does. I have seen it firsthand a couple of times, and it is unbelievable. The next question off of that is, should we pray for it? Like, yes. If you believe as God is a God who heals, who yeah. does miracles, if we look at the life of Jesus constantly through his ministry, that some of the things he did all the time was heal people, and we're supposed to be living a life like Jesus, if we're supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the same spirit in which Jesus was resurrected from the grave, yeah. grave the same spirit that he did ministry, lives in us, then yes, we should pray for healing. Yeah. Yes, we should believe for miracles. Yes, we should push into those things. The hard part becomes, how do we pray for it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why don't you take that one, Ben? Oh, why don't you well, I was just going to say the idea of praying for healing is a biblical act. 
Uh, James 5.14, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, that is a specific church leadership, but like we are called as followers of Jesus to pray for healing. And I think some of that is just, what's my motivation in this? Or what do I, my, my motive in general yeah. in this idea? It's like, okay, I just, w- we believe that God desires for people to experience wholeness mm-hmm. in every aspect of life, a soul, mind, and body. Like I would go so far as to say, I believe that God will heal all Christians. Where I stop is to say, I don't have the expectation of when that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So the story I share usually is like with my grandma. Like grandma had Alzheimer's. We had had a lot of conversations about faith and about, like she knew, the first, she was a first, one of the first family members I told when I gave my life to Jesus. Yeah. And she was just, doesn't matter. Anyway, she knew God. Like she knew Jesus. And so having Alzheimer's, she just, Losing, literally losing her mind. She did, lost relationship, didn't know who people were, all that type of stuff. And she got sick and get, continued getting sick. And there was these moments um, a year and a half ago where she had fallen down, she'd gotten sick, something was having, happening with her liver. And it's like in a moment when I, when I was praying for healing, I desired and really wanted selfishly for her to literally be healed so I could still have my grandma here on earth. Mm-hmm. And then God just said to me, I was like, you know what, healing right now is, is not for her to stay on earth, it's actually for her to come see me. Mm-hmm. And, like that, and she was made whole. Yeah, You know, like that was healing in that moment. But should we pray for healing? What does that look like? Yes, we should. Um, I I like to start off with God increase my faith in this moment to believe that you can heal because you say you desire and want to. I take the Daniel 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego like stance when they said to the king, when he he asked them, um, basically, don't pray to other guy, like pray to me, uh, or I'm going to throw you into the furnace. And they were like, okay, we're okay with the furnace. And this is how I approach this. How do I pray for healing is I believe that I have a God and we have a God um, who is able to heal. I believe that we have a God who wants and desires to heal and who will. And I believe that because of who God is, I don't know everything. And so to be able to say, but even if he doesn't, he's still God. Yeah. And a lot of that is just saying to myself, okay, how do I pray believing he has the power to, believing that he will and wants to, um, but even if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. To sit and be okay with knowing, like, this is still God. I just don't know what this is supposed to look like right now in this yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah, That's so good. What becomes, like, a pitfall off of that, though? What's the mm-hmm. struggle when we talk about praying for healing? Because I feel like when it comes to the this spectrum of Christianity that doesn't affirm miracle healings anymore, mm-hmm. it's because they've been burnt or hurt by the pitfalls, yeah. Yeah. or they just don't see it biblically. But that's a different conversation. So, like, what are these pitfalls? What's What could happen... Like if we don't do this correctly or if we don't, you know, if we're or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what I'm trying to say here. So, I mean, I think of like when you don't pray with the faith that also recognizes that you may not have the outcome already in mind, mm-hmm. that God may do something differently. And then that rocks your faith mm-hmm. and you lose your trust in God because he didn't show up in the way you expected him mm-hmm. to um, or. Um, like, I mean, I've experienced people who pray really powerfully for healing. And then when it doesn't happen, they put blame mm-hmm. on yeah. someone else. You know, yeah. oh, well, you didn't have enough faith, so God didn't heal you. I did, but you didn't have the faith. You mm-hmm. know, so some of like those kind of things where it's it's not necessarily fully surrendered to God and yeah. fully trusting in mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And part of it is like, I struggle when, when people make promises of what healing mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is what God's going to do. And and other people will say, well, that's a statement of faith. Like, I'm trying to believe it so confidently that I'll say it. I'll make sure that they know it so that all of a sudden, like, I don't want a shed of doubt in this this space so that we have the faith to heal. 
But again, when we put faith, such an emphasis on faith like that, we take the healing out of God's hands and we put it, we almost put it in ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That based on my merit of faith, based on our effort of faith, we're going to make this mm-hmm. healing possible. But it's not about us. Yeah. Like Richard Foster is an author who talks about this. And he talks about when oftentimes when you pray for healing, the faith to go and to pray the prayer is enough to believe that God will do it. The boldness just to pray the prayer is that mustard seed faith that could move the mountain. So it's not necessarily, okay, is there a shed of doubt here? Am I not really believing it? And we can pray for more faith, but when it's this like, hey, God's going to do this. I'm confident he's going to do this. There's no other option. And then it's like we kind of pigeonholed what that outcome looks like, and it maybe doesn't look like what we wanted it to. It can be really it can be detrimental to yeah. our faith and it can be detrimental to the person we're praying for where they're now asking the question, why didn't God heal me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I still sick? Why? And, but you promised me, yeah. you made, you told me, you told me if I had faith, do I not have faith? Is God not real? Does God not care? Does yeah. he not? And like, those mm-hmm. aren't the answers there. The answer is God does love. He mm-hmm. does want to heal. He does have this desire. It's just within his will and yeah. what he wants to do. Yeah. And that's not a cop out. I, I think I a lot think of, so. I don't think no. that's a cop. I think people, have said it is or could be. It's like, no, yeah. I don't think that's a cop out. I'm not God. If it was, yeah. if it was, Jesus went to pray it in the garden. Mm. Like he went to like, your will be done. Cause I don't know what's going to happen. Here's what mm-hmm. I desire. Here's what yeah. I want. This is hard. Like I'm in anguish and pain and distress. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really want to die, but your will be done. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a cop out. That's just like, all right, God, <laughs> I just I trust you. <laughs> when I was in that season, healing was one of the ones that I was constantly praying for. I was like looking for people to pray for healing for. And, and that's a, I could tell a lot more of that story, but one of the things that I just felt really like burnt out because I felt like so constantly I was relying on my own faith and my own, and when things wouldn't happen, like I would see some cool stuff and there would be some amazing stories, but there would be those times where it wouldn't happen like I wanted it to. And in those moments, it was so detrimental to me and it hurt the people around me too. So Mm -hmm. just be careful. Yeah. Uh, Want and desire God's healing. Know that he can, know that he wants to, but even if he doesn't, he is still God and he is still good. Amen. Next. Two more giftings? Three two, more, technically? Yeah, two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> one is distinguishing spirits. It's this one in this list of manifestation gifts that often probably gets skipped over. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time. What is distinguishing spirits in this list? Yeah, I would, I mean, I've heard it defined. I've read it defined. Is this just, you're able, like having the ability to recognize um, the influence of a Holy Spirit versus what, I mean, the enemy, a demonic, mm-hmm. like I'm distinguishing in a moment, whether it's with a person, in a room, in an environment, uh, in a, whatever, all these, in a town, yeah. I think you can like, you can feel mm-hmm. there's a presence, you can discern that there are, okay, is this a Holy Spirit thing or is this not a Holy Spirit mm-hmm. thing, which would be then a demonic thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, this is one of those ones where I feel like you can see it in all believers again. Because I think all believers have a level of discernment to know Mm -hmm. because the Holy Spirit lives inside of them that which is good and that which is bad. Like that is the baseline level of being able to distinguish good good from evil. It's when that gift appears and whether it's manifested or someone's given it for the period of their following Jesus where it's they now see that in a deeper, truer, more potent, honestly, way than maybe some other people. So I know people or I've heard stories of of people who will enter into rooms and they'll be able to kind of just sense based on the room, Mm -hmm. like who's hurting and who's not. Mm -hmm. And that because of that, the spirit is leading them to those who need more shepherding and more pastoring. Or like we've talked about when you're sitting in a conversation or you're in a group of people and someone says something and you start to distinguish like, what was that? Like, is that something I need to push into more? Or one of the ways I think that can be really powerful if used well is when we're in settings where the the gospel is being taught or the word of God is being taught and the discernment of spirits is to be able to test truth and untruth yeah. 
where it's like, is this of God's word? Like, is this true? Is this actually what God's word means? Is this where God's spirit is leading? And that becomes the distinguishing of spirits as well. Uh, so you can get really like into the spiritual realm with this one, just based on the, the, the spiritual war in which we live, that, that there are angels and there are demons. There's a, there's God and there's an enemy and Lucifer and Satan. And so you could get really spiritual like that, or you can put it on like, it's just being able to distinguish good from evil. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it lives in that entire yes realm spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to add there? I think so. I like it. Let's get to the. <laughs> Let's go. This is the, we left the biggie <laughs> for last. Some of the other ones, maybe people have wrestled with and thought about, but this is the one that I feel like gets talked about a lot. Has so many views. Some that are like, oh, make me cringe when people <laughs> will talk about it. But what is speaking in tongues? You want to start? Are you looking at me? No, you start. Okay. <laughs> I can start. Uh, speaking in tongues is. I'm going to figure out how to actually like phrase this well. Um, a Holy Spirit gift. That gives you the ability in speaking to either speak a natural or native language or an angelic language in a specific situation and context. Okay, that was good. For God's was glory good. and the building of his kingdom. Yeah. That was good. So a classic caveat at the end. Oh, wait, go. don't forget yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. You got to break those down. Yeah, let's flush it out a yeah. little bit more. So even in that, you said, and this is probably how we'll lay it out, is there are three different ways that speaking in tongues can manifest as a gift. Yes. So the first one we said is this speaking in a native tongue, a language that mm-hmm. exists that's not your own. Yeah. So for me, I only speak English. I want a ima- lot of languages out there. I, <laughs> yeah. I want to imagine I can speak Spanish, and I probably could if, like, if I survive. I needed to. Like, you know, yeah. like it would be bad, <laughs> real, real bad. But I only speak English, and so mm-hmm. maybe this manifestation of the gift would make me able to speak in Arabic or or actually Spanish or French mm-hmm. or whatever. So, I thought you were just going to start naming languages. No, no. Like, stop. I would have I would have quickly ran out of languages, unfortunately. Mandarin. <laughs> just keep going. Greek. Wait. Uh, that, that would be cool to, to do Greek. But you so, mm-hmm. can't get chill. Where do we see that in scripture? Yeah. I mean, one of the like most prevalent um, times where you see it come up is in Acts 2. Um, the kind of the story of the day of Pentecost and, and the spirit falls on the people and it, they begin to speak in other languages. And... Um, in native languages, languages that are known, but not their language. So it was surprising. It was like, oh, we can all hear each other. We understand, but we're speaking different languages. Um, And so it was this moment where the spirit empowered them to connect with each other Mm -hmm. and to break down language barriers. And and that there's so, so much in that story when it becomes Mm -hmm. like, okay, they were all gathered in Jerusalem because it was uh, Passover. Mm -hmm. And so there was people, what they would do at this time is the Jewish people would travel from all over into Jerusalem. So there would be people from all different people groups, languages who were Jewish there. And all of a sudden there was, and there would be Gentiles around too, but non-Jewish people. And they began to speak in Mm -hmm. different tongues and the people by would be like, Hey, I know those guys are. I know yeah. they, they shouldn't be able to speak that, mm-hmm. but yet here they are speaking my language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this public and relational use of, of tongues for God to connect with different people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's do the second one. Sweet. Yeah. And then there's, uh, I'm going to do, we'll do, per, you want to do personal prayer language last? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, what we would say is in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is writing this letter to the church and he is referencing what we see as these manifestation gifts. And he's giving kind of like, 
guidelines, a little bit of rules you could argue on like, what does this look like publicly in a setting where there are either non-believers or seekers? Yeah. Like that is the specific context of what he talks about when he talks about now this second idea of what we're, of, of in speaking in tongues, uh, of this public angelic language mm-hmm. in a, in a context of there's, there's believers gathered, there's maybe non-believers, there's people who are seeking and like, maybe don't know, like, what is this Jesus thing about? Yeah, They're there's like, the whole realm, the of whole people. realm of yeah. peeps. And all of a sudden, there's there's people who are speaking in tongues, uh, speaking this language that is unknown, this angelic language. And this is, again, you could read, um, I mean, all of 1 Corinthians, basically 14. So I'm going to read just even 14, 26 through 28. Um, when there's this public speaking of tongues, there needs to be an interpretation along with it, according to Paul, mm-hmm. in, in the context of... I will argue, I, I think we can go into this, non-believers are those who are kind of seeking. Because mm-hmm. I think there's space, because I don't want to put God or the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in a box, where like you have these worship nights, and you have these nights where you know, man, it's just believers, we're pursuing God. Where I think speaking in tongues, public a public angelic language, is biblical, because it's between them and the Father, mm-hmm. and there's not people around who are looking and like, hey, you're crazy, because this is what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 14. Yeah. He's saying, okay, when that happens, when there's this public angelic language, and there's people around who are like, what is going on? There needs to be an interpretation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it says, 1 Corinthians 14, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak one at a time and someone must interpret it. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. So you can still do it. Mm-hmm. It's just to yourself yeah. in the context of are there inquirers? Are there people there who are seeking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where I, I joke and say it's like half a gift yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> because the, the interpreting, interpreting of tongues is this last one in the list that Paul lists off. And it can only happen when someone is speaking yeah. in tongues. Mm-hmm. So when a, a person can speak in tongues without an interpreter in the right context, yeah. but nobody can interpret tongues without someone speaking <laughs> in tongues. So it's like, if that was like your gift, I feel like you only got kind of half a gift, but you can eagerly <laughs> seek the rest of the gifts, right? Uh, then, then we'll go to the last one. Yeah. So the last one is probably where, where people can get kind of confused when it comes to speaking in tongues because there is the public, which is both of the ones we just talked about, and then there's this private spe- speaking in tongues, which people will refer to as their prayer language. Mm-hmm. And you see that in, I think, 1 Corinthians 14.2. It says, For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people but to God. So that's prayer. There's just this conversation of speaking in tongues to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so this is the one where you hear people will go privately and meet in like a prayer closet or, yeah. or, the, or a, a space where they just consistently will pray or they'll go off um, on like a retreat or different things. And it's just them and God. And God will gift them with this manifestation gift where they will speak from their soul directly to God. So oftentimes when I've, I've heard people talk about uh, praying in tongues, they don't even know exactly what they're saying because they don't understand the language yeah. of what they're praying. Yep. But their soul, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is using in some ways their tongue to communicate back mm-hmm. to God. The beauty of that is, is it's a very intimate form of prayer. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a connection unlike anything else that we could have in the world. But it, it's it's something that happens privately. Yeah. And it's something that is just for, for you and God in those moments. Mm-hmm. And Paul seems to have... Paul says that. he has it. He yeah. does that. Uh, yeah, later he'll say, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Yeah. And I think this is one of the reasons he says that is because he had this private prayer language that made his connection to mm-hmm. God, that there was just this spiritual connection that they had where mm-hmm. he, he was able to communicate yeah. in that way. Any other thoughts yeah. on speaking in tongues? I think just even with that, not 
it's not evidence of the Holy Spirit. That's in your what life. I was. Yep. If you guys weren't gonna say, I was about to say it. <laughs> That's where I was saying it's that mm-hmm. for me, it's the really tough truth that some people will say is when they read Acts two, they see the Holy Spirit came, mm-hmm. and where they see there is that all believers that received the Holy Spirit spoke in tongues, and so they'll carry that as a, a prescription of what's still supposed to happen today. That if you have the Holy Spirit, you must speak in tongues because that's what happened in Acts two. However, I just don't. I don't find that as true. Yeah. I just don't think that's the biblical. I don't think we think that's the biblical. I would even argue that wasn't Paul's experience yeah. right away. Yeah. It says he. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I feel like if he would have started speaking in tongues when he gave his life to Jesus, when the Holy Spirit, it would have been announced or said in in Acts nine. Mm-hmm. Instead, what it says is he received sight, mm-hmm. which was power on display, yeah. like the Holy Spirit coming. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Nope, it is not evidence that you have the Holy Spirit. You can absolutely have the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues. Yes. But when it comes to like our context, where we're at, I don't think the manifestation gifts are quite as prevalent in their super, like, I don't know, visual ways. You know, like we don't have people at Oasis who are like praying in, in a, tongues. In a manifest and, way. Yeah, and, yeah, sure. Yeah. We don't have people like laying on the altar, finding healing. Like we don't have like just this... These people standing up giving words of prophecy, and so we we can kind of in our context in our culture write off some of these manifestation gifts, but don't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there is incredible power here in what God wants to do, and so for you, if you have more questions, feel free to reach out. We'd yeah. love to process this with you. Everybody here at the table has experienced these in different ways and is able to just encourage and edify you in those ways. But th- you should be seeking the gifts. You should be praying for them and wanting them not for yourself, not to build yourself up, not for pride's sake, but to edify and to build up His kingdom. Yeah. And start mm-hmm. with wanting more of the Holy Spirit in your life. Yep. Like Absolutely. let that be a prayer, and then from there, however God leads those moments and leads to pray for the the eagerly desiring the gifts. Well, uh, yeah, and like it. the whole passage of First Corinthians thirteen, where Paul yeah. goes on, he speaks yeah. about love. Like <laughs> he pretty much says, "Yeah, these gifts are great, but yep. if you don't love, yeah. mm-hmm. like you, you're, you, that's where you got to start." Yep. So yeah. if you're someone listening and you're like, "Yeah, I'm just still trying to learn what it looks like to love my neighbor," absolutely, yep. that's the right answer. Start there, yep. and then worry about maybe speaking in tongues later. <laughs> so, sweet, uh, great manifestation of the get of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So. I hope you learned something. I hope you took something away. We love you. Thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Peace out. Peace.